From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Caroline Ballard. We're taking a short break between seasons. So this time, we're bringing you an episode produced by our friends at Last Best Stories. Just a note, there's some explicit language at the end of this story. But as Mark Twain wrote, under certain circumstances, urgent circumstances, desperate circumstances, profanity provides a relief denied even to prayer. And a bare encounter like this one might just be one of those circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it hit me and then then the bear is on top of me. I thought this this is it, you know, this is this is how it all ends. You know, maybe for him first and maybe I'll be next or maybe I'm just going to be out here with with my dead buddy, you know. That's Micah Nelson. Before him, you hear John Bensel. And my name's Charlie Ebers. John and Micah are some guys I work with on the trail crew in Glacier National Park. We're kind of like the pyramid builders. We dig ditches, build rock walls, clear trees, make the trails accessible to the millions of people who visit this place every summer. I've been working this job for seven seasons, and in that time, I've heard some good stories. The good ones seem to stick around. There's one where a guy was stretching in his tent in the afternoon, and a bear walked in, and he had to push him out. There's another story where two trail guys died while trying to climb Rainbow Peak on the 4th of July. It can be dangerous out here at times. John and Micah's contribution to that story tradition happened in the summer of 2015, when they got between a mama grizzly and two little cubs. John's a mountain climber. He's short and strong. He's climbed nearly every named mountain in Glacier Park. And Micah? Well, Micah and his family have been in Glacier for a long while. His dad worked on the trail crew, and Micah spent over a decade in the park. He's built like an ox. He's funny. I'd say he's almost got a disarming sense of humor. He kind of just goes with it. I heard their story a day or two after the doctor cleared John to go back to work. We met up 12 miles back on the trail, when both he and Micah were headed in on a nine-day hitch. We sat down a few more times in Missoula the next fall. To be honest, it took us all a long time to fully piece together what amounts to a 10-second grizzly attack. Time slowed down. It sped up. It all started with plans for a pretty epic hike. Here's Micah. So we were planning to do the Livingston Range Traverse, it's called, from uh, Brown Pass, which is up the North Fork of the Flathead, and leave the trail there, head south along the Continental Divide, and come out around uh, Packers Roost area. They had a four to five day trip planned and wanted to climb 10 mountains, but the weather turned nasty cold for a few days, and the mountains outside of my tent had snow one morning. That was the first day of their trip. This is John. And, um, you know, a pretty big chunk of off-trail in there, like maybe 25 or, or so miles, 30 miles. What your... clothes were you guys wearing? Uh, I was wearing some shredded-up Carhartt shorts, <laughs> like my camp shorts, <laughs> and then uh, my little hiking shoes, mesh hiking shoes, and um, my cotton hoodie that I've worn every day of trails. I think I got it like the week before I started working trails. I've worn it every single day. So it's, you know, about as thin as two sheets of paper. And I had a rain jacket, which is nice. It's not really waterproof, but at least kept the wind down a little bit. <laughs> Trying to go light with my day pack for a four or five day trip. <laughs> they set up camp about 20 miles from the trailhead after a rainy and cold day. They had hiked about 14 miles of trail around and past Bowman Lake, up to a mountain pass, and then they left the trail, climbed their first mountain, and got pushed to an early camp by the weather. First thing the next day, they got up 
and the weather was spotty. I think it was raining pretty hard at that point, rained, if I recall. Yeah. I don't think it really let up yeah. much that day. But they pushed in further because they were committed at this point. And also, anyone who knows Glacier knows the temperature and weather can go from snow to sun in a half hour, and a day and a half of bad weather could turn into a week's worth of good weather for no logical reason. They were getting close to Redhorn Peak, which has a reputation as the most remote mountaintop in Glacier, the farthest from any road or trail, and they were within reach. This is John. Pretty much could see our entire route. This was sort of more kind of open talus um, before it got into the trees and stuff. So We were looking at the, at the sky and the you know clouds were 40 feet above the ground or something like that and still howling wind and snowing. And we said, oh, screw it. Let's... Uh, Let's not climb this thing, you know, let's drop down here and, you know, hunker down these trees. We can at least get in our baby sacks and try to warm up a little bit. We were, we were getting pretty chilled. It's hard to give up on a climb. You'll never know when you'll be back to try again. It's usually the last thing you want to do. These guys, like a lot of guys out here, when they tell their story, they'll focus on the details, the kind of ground they're on, the weather, the direction they're looking. But what you really need to know is that they were wet and cold and were just looking for a place to get out of the weather. The first patch of trees that we walked into, um, we heard this noise, like, pop, 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 you know, and I was like, oh, that was a weird noise. What was that? And w- what I remember is immediately seeing these two little brown streaks um, fly past our feet. I mean, they were tiny. I mean, the kind you want to, like, cuddle, but as soon as you think that, you're like, oh, where's mom at, you know, and you say, hey, baby, bear, and... And mom stands up out of the bushes where these cubs had come from. And instantly she just put it down and charged right at us. You know, a bear can cover ground like nobody's business. So 20 feet is is gone pretty quickly. She got within, I don't know, a foot or two, you know, face to face. And I kind of fell uphill I like to think that I was diving out of the way all gracefully, but I put John right in the line of fire. Um, and it happened very fast. I see him manage to spray his bear spray. We're facing the wind, I mean, direct headwind for us. And I see this red cloud just dissipate, blow up into the air and kind of back towards me. And the bear just kept running right through it. The bear still coming right at me. And I, I didn't have time to, to get a shot off. Micah didn't remember spraying, but John remembers the red cloud vividly. And he is backing up and he trips and, you know, falls into these, this patch of trees. She blew past him maybe a foot, dug in her front claws, did a quick 180, and off of that 180, just boom, was on top of Just him. pouncing, you know, one, wow. one bound. But yeah. It seemed really fast because I turned to see this bear coming back at me. And winding up with its with its right paw, like it's getting ready to, to club me. Her paw basically, it kind of resembled a catcher's mitt with, with claws on it. I mean, they're, it was big. Eyes were, I mean, it was just, it was so focused. Um, but yeah, I end up throwing up my left hand and kind of ducking my head. And um, it, it hits me right across the, you know, my hand and wrist and, and head. I remember my, my helmet rattling. Definitely saw her, like tackle him it almost looked like she was pinning him to the ground and like gonna give him the typewriter or something you know just like <laughs> right over the top of him i haven't had that done to me in a long time not since probably third grade or something the neighbor kid oh. and i remember closing my eyes and just thinking i hope i hope this is quick 
that's all I could think. And I was just trying to, you know, cover up my neck and, and face. And I had my backpack on, you know, and that protected my spine, I guess, too. But um, the bear was on me for a few seconds. And, um, yeah, just, you know, all the all the bear sounds you, you think of, you know, when, when a bear is being aggressive and stuff. I mean, I was at its mercy. There was there was nothing I was going to do that was going to deter it. And he's just screaming. Like, I'll never forget the look on his face. Sheer terror, man. Like, I've never seen anybody so scared, so horrified. And, uh, yeah, everything you learn about or you're told about what you're supposed to do in a situation like this, I don't know, for us anyway, seemed to kind of go out the window. You're, like, supposed to play dead and you know spray the bear spray with the wind at your back and when you've got a several hundred pound beast on top of you you're just like oh i don't i'm just gonna scream and try to protect myself a little bit but she might have been on me for three or four seconds um yeah and then she she left and actually went back towards in the direction where micah was i got my uh my bear spray out and ran towards them sprayed right at you know thinking well you know john's gonna get some of this but (laughs) sorry man gotta do it you know (laughs) and uh yeah i remember spraying and you know it's still howling wind so i watched the stream go about a foot out from the can and then poof up up in the air up into my nose didn't get it in my eyes somehow which was really lucky so you saw your buddy on the ground and you with a grizzly bear, an angry grizzly bear on top of him, and you ran to him. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> That's what I remember. That seems stupid, though. <laughs> I was probably curled up in a ball. Just, ah! <laughs> so she turned around and left, and um, I remember Micah walking over to me and putting his hands on my shoulders and looking me right in the eye. He's like, oh, my God, dude, are you all right? And I'm just like... You know, it's pouring rain, so there's water running down the sleeve of his jacket and over his hand, which makes it look like blood is just pouring out of his out of his body like by the gallon. I think it still hadn't I mean we were just so blown away by what had just happened and you know, that whole deal maybe took ten ten seconds or so. Um, maybe a few seconds longer, but there were a long it was a long ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we look up slope and here's this this bear again maybe 50 or 60 feet above us looking down she looked like she was going to steamroll us and we're bracing for it and she got within maybe 20 feet and just hit the brakes slid through the scree a little bit and then stood up on her back feet and um was kind of you know kind of growling barking whatever i would have loved to see our faces man just terrified scared scared little children and so she stood up a few seconds and kind of growled barked at us a bit and then uh turned around and bolted back into the trees and we never saw them again after that you know we're walking back and uh we just looked at each other and started cracking up we're like holy shit man that was fucking crazy (laughs) and we just stood there for a minute and and just laughed. It was it was insane. In Glacier Park, I'm Charlie Ebers.
Charlie Evers is an independent journalist who produced this piece for Last Best Stories, a Montana-made podcast created and hosted by Jewel Banville. You can find more episodes at lastbeststories.org. Next time on Human Nature, we'll be back for Season 3. What happens when you come across a deadly family secret? And Woody Guthrie offers salvation. Listen for that story on September 13th. In the meantime, we've got another story with bears, and more significantly, bear spray. Check out episode 14 at humannaturepodcast.org. And if you have a minute and want to help get season three off to a great start, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. Thanks to 01027really, who writes, absolutely love this podcast, touches on lots of things that interest me, encounters with nature, science, spirituality, health. I'm Caroline Ballard. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's Human Nature.